All right, let's do this. How are you? What the fuckers? What the fuck buddies? What the fucksters? What the fuckadelics? What's happening? Where are we at? I'm Mark Marin. This is WTF. This is my podcast. Thank you for uh, joining me today on the show. Horatio Sands from, uh, you know him from SNL and from places. He's got a, a podcast called The Horatio over there on Earwolf. And uh, well, let's let's get up to speed. Let's talk about the anxiety for a minute, because I have to apologize to many of you. Some of you who are my friends, if you listen, you know, some of you who are my friends who listen to this occasionally and but have probably muted me on Twitter. I'm okay. I'm all right. I'm not going to do any investigating. I'm about done. I'm about out. But I'm about out. I'm going off the Twitter grid. But this is the Christmas holiday Hanukkah uh, seasonal things happening around getting Christmas cards from uh, people that I don't know, or maybe I just don't know them anymore. Perhaps it's gotten to that point where I'm like, is that that kid all grown up? Who are these people? That doesn't look like the same husband. That's not the same wife. Where'd those three kids come from? It's strange how Christmas cards change. But I think I'm getting some from people I don't know unless my memory is really fucked up. The point I'm trying to make is I do nothing. I do nothing. And I'm I'm embarrassed about it. I don't don't send out cards. I did, you know, uh, when I was... With different women uh, who would we you know get get a you know sort of a jump on it you know let's do this let's send a few out I do nothing and I feel bad about it I didn't send out any cards and I feel bad if people get cards I didn't have a holiday party I didn't light one goddamn Hanukkah candle and and I don't know if it's important I don't know I I like I was thinking about this this morning like I know that when people get things they're like oh they sent a thing but if you don't get it are you like that fucker didn't send a thing if you haven't established that you're sending things but i'm bad man i mean i don't send my nephews or nieces anything i don't send my parents anything i don't send my brother anything some part of me thinks that this podcast is enough that it covers everything that like if 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 anyone is if my family listens merry stuff happy hanukkah i didn't send a thing you know, I barely get my, uh, the, if I'm, I'm with a woman, which I am, I have to remember to get them shit. It's so, I don't know if it's selfish or I really just don't, I'd like to frame it that, you know, like holidays are bullshit, but no matter how you, no matter how many times you say that, th- then you got to sell that to the person that you're not buying presents for or not acknowledging. I mean, and I've been through a lot here at the house. I mean, I've had Christmas trees in there, people I've had. Christmas lights. I've lit candles. I've had a lot of things have gone on in there, holiday related. There's been decorating. There's been many presents. There's been no presents. But now I just I don't even think about it. What the fuck am I thinking about? If I'm not thinking about the holidays, I didn't watch the Democratic debate. I didn't go see Star Wars. I you know I knew it was coming. I knew everything was happening. What am I fucking doing with my time? Well. Uh, you know, have a safe holiday. Try to be kind to the people in your life, even the ones that you have no choice about, even the ones that are annoying. Give give people a little card or 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 a piece of cake or something. Makes a big difference. Say thank you. If you get a present for somebody, don't linger. 
like and go and then talk them out of you know i just had that happen yesterday i bought a hat some gloves because we're gonna go on a, a chilly trip for a few days and and i and uh you know sarah did not give me the response that i was waiting for so i i bullied her basically well you know if you don't you know if you want you can take them back if you want hey if you're not gonna wear them I mean, if it's not your style, I mean, if it doesn't, if it is, does it fit? Do they fit? Is it something you're going to wear? I mean, I just, I just bought those. And if you're just going to put them in a drawer somewhere and I, me, that I, I put things in drawers all the time and never look at them. A lot of that swag though. But I just sort of like, well, are you to the point where she's like, no, no, no. And she bought me a beautiful Filson duffel bag. Now, granted, I did pay for this little uh, adventure we're going on, but that's not the point. It's about giving. But it's not only about giving, it's about the person you're giving to, to act excited, surprised, um, perhaps uh, use or wear what you got them as immediately as possible, even if it's only once. It's about uh, maybe bringing it up again and going like, wow, these are these are really great. This is really great. I remember years ago, I had bought a girlfriend a sweater. And it was not her style at all. It was not anything she would wear. And in my mind, I had somehow convinced myself, because that's what you do in that moment. You have a moment with a thing, and you're like, oh, that's a, that's an amazing thing. That's beautiful. I'm going to get that for her, because if because in my mind, I'll, I'll make her into the person that wears that. I'll make him into the person that wears that. I don't think that's your intention. But this sweater was completely years ago. And I, she took it out of the box and she was like, what am I going to do with this? And I, I thought, I don't know, maybe, you, you know, wear it until it gets ratty and shitty like your other clothes. And then it'll be perfect because it'll look like an old one of those sweaters. But I think in my mind, I wanted her to be the kind of person that wore that sweater. And that's where Al-Anon comes in 40 years later, <laughs> however many years it took me to understand that shit. I'm not promoting anything here, folks. Just don't buy presents for people with hopes that they'll fit your expectations of those gifts. Does that make sense? Does it? Let me give you a, a brief uh, synopsis or a, a little bit of what I, I, I know the last time I talked to you was um, Monday morning or maybe Sunday night in Chicago about to shoot this amazing uh, thing I did with Joe Swanberg, who's a, just a great guy. And a, like a nice guy, not an affected guy, decent uh, fella, and, and a, an, an amazingly gifted film director. And he's a complete auteur. He does his own thing entirely, and it has its own style and feel. And I love the guy. I loved him before he, he hired me. And um, it's all improvising. And I know that you've seen shows that are like that where it's sort of like, yeah, it's all improvised. It's, it's kind of intense, man, to just go. And and I was working with Jane Adams, Jane fucking Adams. I love Jane Adams. What a great actress and so funny. And we were like, you know, she's one of those people, you know, there's people in your lives. I've had a few people on the show like that. I just feel like I've known my whole fucking life. I don't know why. Well, Jane Adams is one of those people. And we improvised these scenes. She was my best friend. It was amazing. And then I did those scenes with Emily Ratajkowski and those turned out to be great. Because it, it was exactly what Swanberg wanted. This um, gaping age difference. <laughs> Let's see how Mark does, uh, does a character engaging with um, 
25 year olds andrew bachelor who's a comedian was another one of the younger people but uh i had a great time and and improvising like that because then you have to improvise when it's really all improvised and all you're going with is what needs you know sort of the things you have to what sort of needs to happen in the scene is that you go through emotions that are surprising to you i mean like i chose not to control my emotions and move through sort of the interactions with whoever i'm working with and and it was sort of a sort of mind-blowing um to realize that yes yes i'm old i'm 52 years old it's not old old but um but there's a difference, you know, generational differences, exciting things. I don't know what I'm trying to tell you. I'm just trying to tell you that the act, what you're seeing when you see this thing is like actual immediate emotional reacting to other actors um, without really knowing where it's going to go. And I know I do that a lot. I do that on stage. I do that here and here and there. I do it right now. I'm doing it right now. And as you know, for those of you who are still listening, uh, this this sometimes can just you know spiral off into nothing. But not usually when there's another person here. But anyways, it was a great time and a great experience. I want to thank Joe Swanberg and all the people involved with that thing because it was really the first thing I ever done like that. Yeah, I do my own TV show, but it was great to be working with a guy who you trust, a good guy doing something exciting and new. Do that if you can, maybe over the holidays. Huh? Right now, it's my pleasure to uh, to have my guest here in the garage. I'm going to talk to the uh, the very funny and decent Horatio Sands. Finally, dude. Yeah. Right. Pleasure to be here. It's nice to see you. I mean, I I canceled. You canceled. I mean, it was like. But like not just once. I mean, what is we've been trying to do this for a year at least, <laughs> maybe three. <laughs> Has it been that long? What happened last time? It sounded pretty interesting. It sounded like some international intrigue. Oh. The last time you canceled, there was uh, some uh, issues with your green card. Oh yeah, that's right. I had to get my green card renewed. Oh yeah, All right, yeah. So I had to go to New York and and be there. They they wouldn't take any kind of submission online or anything. Is that true? Yeah. Is that the first time you've had to had it? have it renewed no i think it's every 10 years so is it a surprise to you like oh fuck it's never a surprise but it is like the only thing that's kind of serious in my life like <laughs> shit i gotta get this done or else they're gonna kick me out of here <laughs> and then you have to go back to where to chile i guess <laughs> and i don't really know chile so that'd be kind of weird so how does that how does that work how are you not a citizen uh i just not that i don't want you here i'm just no thank you yeah uh, no, my parents just, uh, they conceived me in Chicago and I had, uh, two older brothers at the time. Yeah. And they were like, well, let's just go back and have him be born Chilean also. So he won't they be the They flew back one. to have you? To they make... flew back to Chile to have me born a Chilean citizen. And then they flew back to Chicago? Yes. Uh, like two months after that. But if born. they, if they just had you here, it would have been okay. You would have been a citizen. I would have been a citizen. Yeah. That doesn't seem and like. now I can't be president. Now, nah, by the time, yeah, you could. I guess you. Well, you. you wanted... well, I wasn't born here, though. You can't. You can't be president if you're born here. If you're not born here. Well, I'm sorry. Was that was that a big disappointment for you, or? Well, think about it. Yeah. I mean, you know, when you're growing up, you want to have that option open. Sure. You now, know? maybe <laughs> I never, that, I never did. Did you cause you a lot of trouble? Did you think it made you uh, self sabotage or have a 
you know, an, an anger issue or anything, the not being able to be president thing? <laughs> it may have. Yeah. It may have be why I have a rebellious spirit. Wow, but maybe we got to the bottom of it this quickly. That's awesome. Which is, I, I don't know what else we have to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's just load this up a commercial and get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> well, so you've never spent any time in Chile? I did when I was five. They tried to move back. Really? Um, yeah, so I, I spent a year at school, and uh, I think it was first grade. They tried to move back. And, but, but by then, my older brothers were really missed America, so we went back. Your parents seemed to be a little uh, you, you, uh, waffling. <laughs> on the, the, yeah. You can't I, commit to a decision, well, really. Well, they're Chilean immigrants, so when they came to the United States, they, their options weren't as... as uh, they didn't have as many options as they did in Chile. Right. What'd they do there? Well, my dad was a... Uh, what did my my dad taught school in Brazil? I mean, in uh, Venezuela and in Chile, and my mother worked as a nurse yeah. at a hospital. And, and when they came here, none of that mattered, right? So my dad worked at a hotel as a bartender uh-huh. and a waiter. Yeah, and my mother worked at a factory making lottery tickets. Making lottery tickets. Yeah, like those uh, those scratch opens that sure. you like sure. from uh, Portland. Yeah, you know, yeah, those the scratch things. The scratch, yeah, she uh, made the scratch things with the little things you rub off with a coin or your finger, depending how desperate you are. Mm-hmm, yeah. Fuck, I don't have a coin. <laughs> You're a pick. Everything's hanging on this. <laughs> this the is last, it. The last dollar <laughs> on this scratch card. And that's really that's what they uh, did your entire childhood. Yeah, pretty much. And then uh, when I was in high school, my dad started going back to college because he had a college uh, degree from Chile that wasn't didn't transfer. So he went to college and uh, became a drug counselor for a little bit. Oh, really? Uh, before he retired, yeah. Interesting. Just out of nowhere, or did somebody? He just kind of always wanted to, and finally just you know had enough time and was retiring, and so mm. he 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 did that. And you have two older brothers. Yeah. What'd they end up doing? Well, my brother, uh, my brother Steve, ended up. Uh, open, he was running uh, he bought a uh, dating service and he was running that in Vegas an internet dating service? yeah uh-huh. <laughs> and this is before the internet no it was before it was videotape really? yeah so he was getting that you know like people would make t- like hey my name's John mm-hmm. yeah Where's your, what's your favorite thing to do on a date and, oh know, really stuff was, like that did, yeah. was this a, a national service or something local? it was Chicago mostly and then it, and then it was Vegas what what happened to it went to Vegas? Sounds like it got dodgy. Okay. <laughs> it wasn't quite hard to define whether it was just a dating service then. Oh, well, the problem may have lied in the fact that it wasn't a full full dating service. Oh. what It was a real dating, you know, real dating service. Oh. Which, you know, I guess just... It, fizzled out? It fizzled out, yeah. And uh-huh. then, he did, he, then he did some stuff with real estate, and then now I, uh, I think he's working. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to all those great videos of desperate people? We have them. I looking think for they're, love. They're my grandpa, uh, my parents' garage. I oh, think. good. He kept them. Huh? <laughs> yeah, we got them. <laughs> you should digitize those fuckers. See how those people WikiLeak. are doing. Put yeah. those on WikiLeaks. Sure, man. Just put them on YouTube. Hey, remember that? <laughs> That'd be so terrible. Oh, for them. boxes of videotapes sitting in garages. <laughs> you got any of those? I don't know. Uh, I made them too. I used to ask the questions. See, you, well, we both worked for the the guy who owned it in uh, Chicago, and then uh-huh. he ended up buying the business from the guy in Chicago. Oh yeah, so you were in the position of the executive. You were the casting guy. Yeah, I was the casting. I was uh, directing. <laughs> I was the whole yeah. The directing. Hey, could you look <laughs> more less desperate? More like 
Yeah, sometimes I would say like, "Yeah, relax. Don't you know you're sweating a lot? Oh, really? Maybe turn off the heat here. I mean, turn on turn on the air conditioning and get them kind of ready." Yeah. Uh, how old were you when that was happening? I was twenty. Uh, 21, 22. Yeah. yeah. And what's the other brother up to? He's uh he he's an actor and he does uh, mostly he does serious uh, films and so shows. he's out here. Yeah, he's out here. He lives in uh, between Koreatown and Larchmont over there. He plays drug dealers and a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Because like, uh, he's swarthy and, and handsome and tall. And South American. Yeah. 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 So that not a typecast situation. <laughs> Has he done some big movies? He did uh, that one with Stratham where he needs to be like, you know. In a car? He's on a car. He can't stop the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. What the well, he's got a, a mechanical heart. It's no, he has weird. some kind of drug has been given to him where he has to keep his heart rate above a certain... Oh, am I making it up that there is some sort of ticking time bomb that if his heart doesn't... like there's, I thought it was a mechanical heart or something. that he, he's, It was not a realistic movie. No, it wasn't. He, kept, he had to plug like a, a car battery into his heart. <laughs> am I making that up? At some point, I think he did have to do something like that. Yeah, yeah. oh yeah, I saw so parts I'm not of sure that he's movie. got a mechanical heart, but he's definitely dealing with some kind of new drug that's been invented for, or by some they, bad guys they took his heart out or something and they put i put a fake one in yeah. hey, maybe I, I forget the, the but i remember the bad guys were asian in that kind of and there was well, maybe you're asian... mixing up the movies then yeah this one's uh crank this yeah that was crank. the one yeah that's the one i saw well maybe you thought my brother looked asian no no he was another guy <laughs> there was another guy that a big guy that gets into a big sort of fight and he's got guns and no, my brother's the, the pimp. He's not a pimp, but he was uh, he was the drug dealer. That he fell out of out of a window and into a pool and died. Oh, yeah, like a real good send off. Oh shit! I don't. It must be the movie I saw. How many movies could like where he's got to keep his heart rate up? It's like no, that's not the one where he's got the electric heart <laughs> or the battery heart. Or, well, I this can't... is what we thought about Fast and the Furious, and yeah. twelve films later, <laughs> maybe that was. I'm thinking of Crank Two. You might be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you're right i gotta get caught up on that shit i miss everything so chicago's a fucking great city i've grown to appreciate it yeah i i liked a lot of it and mostly uh you know it um the arts kind of flourished there right for, for me they they kind of you know the idea that second city was in the same town that i was in was always uh exciting when did you become aware of that though Oh, I was little because uh, SNL. When I I used to watch SNL with my brothers in their room. How much like, older are they? They're six and nine years older. Wow! So you were an accident. Yeah, I'm an accident for oh, sure. Yeah, a happy accident. Catholic accident. Uh, they weren't really Catholic, but oh, see, I just made an assumption: Chilean, Spanish, Catholic. I think we should have been, but my father was agnostic. Oh, that's good. And no, pretty you... strong, strongly against religion. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, that's fucking beautiful. <laughs> it's nice to hear that. Yeah, so from, I had uh, that too from uh, from someone of Latino background. Is it still Latino? Yes. Am I being condescending? No. Okay. No. I just I'm not. I and it's coming up a lot. Yeah. What is Latino? Latino. What is bad? What is it, what, Latino or or, uh, or Hispanic? Oh yeah. What I guess you... Hispanic means that it's derived from Spain, and Latino is all different. Oh, uh, Spanish. Broader, it's more broad. Mexican and everybody else, South America. Yeah, but, so but Hispanic broad. can fall under the Latino umbrella. Yes. Oh, so Hispanics out? Uh, not really. No, no, <laughs> no. But it. I think Latino is the better. Yeah, you, you might not just not take any chances. Yes. And if somebody gets defensive and goes, "I'm Hispanic," you're like, "No, you're a racist." 
Yeah. Because you want to separate yourself from the rest of the Latino people. Or you can say Horatio, Horatio says Latino's cool now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're the, you're dated retro. Yeah. With your Hispanic. Why don't you say, <laughs> why don't you just say you're a cholo? <laughs> Is that still in cholos? Are there still cholos? Yeah, there are. Yeah. And they still well, you know, they're still under, cholo? Uh, I think so. I think I, there's a cholo pride. I don't want to fucking. Right now they get bad rep though. No, Cause yeah. Because they, well, they just brain people at Dodger Stadium. Oh, that happened? Yeah. but uh, I grew up in uh, New Mexico. I was there at the birth of the Neo-Cholo Renaissance. Oh, really? Sure. But back when it came back. Like, I think it was like, I don't th- I don't know if it was just invented in the 70s, but like there was a, a period where there was a lot of disco going on, a lot of Famillari shoes, platform shoes, leather jackets, feather haircuts, and then boom, all of a sudden, you know, just the work shirts with the t-shirts underneath, top button buttoned, bandanas chinos yeah fucking, like an la biker kind of thing yeah and that was and that was like over disco was done cholos were here yeah yeah and they've stayed oh that that stuck yeah. i prefer it to the feather haircuts i'm not i never liked it that much well it's uh you know it's, yeah it, 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 there's a big struggle in the neighborhood you know for them to retain you know that they they're either the indigenous people over there and they were right. kind of taken out by dodger stadium and now they're being taken out by uh by people who gentrify everything yeah. You mean white yeah. people. Say it, white people. No, well, I'm part of the problem, too, I guess. I felt that right when he got here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm torn. I don't know if I should <laughs> if I should spray paint the yoga studio or, <laughs> or, go or join class. it. Yeah. <laughs> Someone did tag the studio there by the house. And, uh, Where do you, know. you live? Around here? I live in Echo Park. Oh, okay. So you're right over there by Dodger Stadium? Yeah. Bought a house? No, I rent the house. Oh. Well, you're not really part of the problem then. You're just sort of like, I'm just renting, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Talk to the owner. But the owner w- did want like a Latino person in the house. Cover so his ass? Had, yeah, so I had to kind of like, I had to kind of Latino it up with his mom and stuff. Oh, so he's Latino. Yeah. Oh, then it's cool. That's not gentrification. Yeah, he has a weird obsession though with it. With know? what? He's always like, he with the, the Latino, like he's, he's uh from, he's from Peru. Oh, really? But he's, you know, but he's, he kind of identifies with the, the latinos in, in uh echo park yeah and so he's uh he's always saying like oh yeah man you gotta watch out yeah i got shot at the gas station dude <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like those kind of instructions are just sort of like just you gotta be paranoid man all the time <laughs> you never know where it's coming from that's exactly you have when to you be take paranoid. a walk getting gas <laughs> boom <laughs> yeah i saw a guy threatening it like there's like this 50 year old white dude in like a Volkswagen, yeah. and, I, and this kid on a bike was like, "I'll come back and shoot you." Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and the yeah. guy was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> he he couldn't believe it that someone would say that. <laughs> uh, uh, but he didn't come back. Did he, he didn't come guy? back. We, no, no, no one stuck around though. We, we all took off. So your oh, so your your brothers were that much older. So your kid and they're watching SNL. I wonder what. Do you remember what season it was that you first saw? Uh, well, it was probably like '78. Mm. Probably seventy seven. So early. You how old are you? I'm forty I'll be forty seven. Oh, so you're close to my age. I'm fifty just turned fifty two. So that was like Bill Murray, maybe? Bill Murray, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Bill Murray and uh the Wild and Crazy Guys and Yeah. I ate all that up and then they used to show them on uh like Wednesday evenings at seven thirty, they'd do like the best of the week. Mm. So oh, they right. sh- they would do like a little shortened version of it. And so right. that's where mostly I would watch and then do those bits at school the next day and yeah, that which, kind of thing. Yeah, which were your, what were your first, uh, <laughs> your first uh, impressions of impressions? Well, 
Well, my my first impression was uh, Robert Stack, which is an impression of of Dan Aykroyd's of right. Robert Stack. Yeah. Like, I want to know what's going on. I want to know now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You are listening to Unsolved Mysteries. That, that's yeah, my, yeah. That's my Robert Stack. That's good. But I thank you. And then, but I would. Uh, and you were like what twelve? No, no. At seventy eight, I was eight. Wow. Uh, Doing seven. Robert Stack. Yeah. Um, I was about thirteen when I saw the first season of SNL, and it had an effect on me. Did I, it blow I, you away or no? Yeah, I used to do. Uh, I used to do the falls at school. I never did voices, but Chevy Chase. I used to set up sort of fairly elaborate ways to fall down. Yeah, would you throw your books down the stairs and stuff? Um, I think we, you know, like we. It wasn't surprise falls. You know, I, I I tried to do it. You know, in a way that was just funny. Okay. So like we'd set it up. Okay. I, it wasn't like I. It probably would have been better if if I figured out how to do it. Me, in, me and my friends, we were throwing books on the floor and stumbling downstairs. Oh, that's stuff. good. Yeah. So and the other students were like, "What the?" And you're yeah. Like, then yeah. When, and if someone comes by and says, "Hey, knock it off," it's like, "Oh, I fell." Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So you were a Chevy Chase <laughs> fan too? Yes. Yeah. All, all it's fan of all of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you knew then at eight that you're like, this is my future. Uh, not really, but I I did really fall in love with uh with with making people laugh i think i did little entertainment things for my parents and i I remember hanging out with my brother's friends and their girlfriends and i would make the girls laugh so i knew that i was on the right track did they used to get you like (laughs) like stoned like uh, like older brothers would get like a cat stoned or something like come here no my old my oldest brother's a real straight true blue guy so he he wouldn't do that he'd protect me oh Uh, from the other brother yeah yeah the other brother would do that (laughs) (laughs) my other brother made me drink like a quarter bottle of vodka one time uh how old were you Uh, at that time i was probably like 12 and he's like if you drink that vodka it was new year's eve if you drink that vodka i'll give you five bucks and i did and he didn't and you Uh, threw up i threw up (laughs) (laughs) good times it's always a good first drinking story yeah i guess that's it and so you're entertaining your parents with voices, and did you set up shows and have the family sit on the couch, that kind of shit? Yeah, that kind of shit. They would be in bed, and we would come into their doorframe as different characters mm. and make them try to make them laugh. Oh, that's make good. Make a beard with cotton balls and stuff like oh, that. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And did you get some laughs? I did, I did, and I kept and it kept happening. So you know, uh, there was a there was a time where I didn't think it was believable. I didn't think that 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 could be accomplished. That kind of thing. What to get a job? To get in a show job business? in show business? Yeah. So what did you set out to do instead initially? Uh, I was I was I was thinking about joining the CIA mm. because I spoke fluent Spanish. I thought I could be used. And you um, just like it, was this sort of like a patriotic duty? You just thought maybe be cool? it was, you know, because I'm not an American. I've never been an American, right? So to speak, I, I maybe I was trying to do my part. Yeah, you weren't just intrigued with the idea of being a spook, mm, um, a spy. Well, you know, I think they call them uh, spooks. Okay. You know, the guys who, um, well, see, a spy is one thing, but like, you know, the spooks are the ones that go down to places like Chile and overthrow the government. Yes. Okay. Then, yeah, yeah I was, I was, I would have been on board yeah. for something like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was, uh, yeah. I was a little Reaganite. You were a little late on the Allende thing. The Allende thing, I was, uh, you know, the story on Allende, I didn't get it straight at first. <laughs> Your parents must have lived through that shit. They actually left before that. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Good for them, I think. Uh, and I don't think because of it, but it just happened that way. Well, he was like, uh, he was one of the good guys, right? He was the guy yeah, that like socialized the copper industry. And then the Nixon administration said, fuck that guy. Let's take mm-hmm. him out. Let's send a couple of CIA guys down there who speak Spanish. To yeah. take out the good guy. Some Horatio types. Yeah. 
Have you got a funny dude <laughs> that can get into the uh, presidential palace with his charm and jokes? Some guy maybe does a cotton ball beard. I could still do that, by the way. I know Obama listens. <laughs> <laughs> he did the one time he was in here. <laughs> and that might be the extent of it. The president sat in this chair. Yeah. That's pretty great. It is. I mean, he left this, his cup. You're going to have to lift, leave this thing to the Smithsonian. Yeah. yeah or, or maybe they could just build a replica. <laughs> <laughs> I'll donate some you're stuff. Not, just the stuff, but not the whole desk. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, they can have this stuff, but I, I think that they, it'd be just as credible if they... Well, maybe, you know, I don't think it'd be easy to, to sort of manufacture a replica of this. A lot of shit here that's kind of one of a kind. Absolutely. Like that hammer, that half a hammer, that had to be removed. They're like that can't stay with the president. Is this a murder weapon? Yeah, then yeah, the knife had to go. Yeah, they were like that goes out. Yeah, a lot of stuff had to be. We had to clean it up a little in here. So they no did, scissors. No scissors. They didn't know what what I was capable of in a moment of desperation. I Isn't think. that fun? Yeah, it was cool. Secret Service. They were cool. I had the same thought though when I met uh, the president at SNL. Yeah, I'm like, wow, I can change the world right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had profound fantasies of assassinating Karl Rove. When I was uh, doing Air America Radio, we actually were at the uh, 2004 Republican Convention covering it, covering it from inside, and we wow. were just sort of like, you know, on a break, or it was before or after the show, and we were in this back room, and Carl Rove was just walking by, no protection. I'm like, if I was, uh, if I knew more about toxins, I could have prepared for this. <laughs> I got... I had this fantasy of like having some sort of toxin that I'd made myself immune to on my hand and I shook his hand and then moments later he had a horrendous coronary and I just swept out the back door as no explanation and I would have saved I would have probably saved the country because he was the guy running things for that four years you would have saved a lot of uh, trouble there was a lot we're of not saying do. it's cool to assassinate people uh, no 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 it's not cool but I, we're saying that it that, that at times it's necessary clearly not in the case of Allende but Chile <laughs> might have been <laughs> Okay with Allende, but Carl Rove, I think, arguably, you know, I, a lot of people would side with me. I didn't do it; it was a fantasy, and I don't think there's anything wrong with using your imagination for that type of stuff. No, what are you going to do? Tell your brain to stop working? That's right, to right. Just censor with... myself like that. Yeah, just no. creative what, ways that what... could never happen to kill people. <laughs> we have to explore every option as yeah. human beings. But you didn't go that far. You were just sort of like you realized that, like, if you were a dark, evil man. In that moment, you know, you could just yes, yeah. I could, have, I could have snuck in with any kind of metal object because I was in the show that sure. week. So it I was could in have been costume. part of the sketch. I could have gone to my dressing room, grabbed something from the from the, and put it in my costume. I was dressed as SpongeBob. Oh, SpongeBob could be dangerous. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's a lot of stuff to put in a SpongeBob. And then, like, maybe if you did it, like, they, everyone would think it's part of a sketch, and you could like get away in that secret elevator. You know, oh yeah, I know my way around there. Yeah, you know from my years of working there. Yeah, like John Wilkes Booth. Yeah, yeah, you know, you I know did. my way around there. <laughs> <laughs> he knew his way around Ford Theater. Yeah, I was there though when uh, the, uh, I saw the uh, opening show this season. Uh, that was the only time I've ever been there at the show, and Hillary Clinton appeared, and they were it was heavy security. Yeah, a lot of Secret Service, a lot of uh, guys looking around, you know, with that thing in their ear. That well, didn't happen when the president was there. Yeah, yeah, there, there, there were people there. So I'm, I think it's safe to say it was a good call not to. Yeah, very good call on my yeah, part not yeah. to. Because I tried to take a video of Paul McCartney uh, rehearsing on your phone. Yeah, at SNL. At SNL. When you're on the cast. 
no, no, I came back later. And I'm like, oh, Paul McCartney's rehearsing. So I could, I got in and I watched yeah. it and I would take a video of it. And yeah. uh, some guy was like, give me your phone. <laughs> like, and you're like, I was on I'm the like, show. No, 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 no. <laughs> He's like, I don't care. Give me your phone. And he went through my phone and like. But that wasn't Secret Service. That's just what they do now. That's just his, uh, Paul McCartney's guy. Huh. The Obama's guys were great. Yeah. Take all the pictures <laughs> you want. <laughs> so, all right. So you. You were going to be in the CIA. Yeah, when I did my dream so, die? When uh, when my brother in college started doing plays. Oh, really? He started doing plays in college. The actor. Like, yeah, and he started getting a little notoriety for in Chicago theater, and I was like, oh wow, okay, this can happen. You know, my brother doesn't have a job; he was really just an actor, and so that kind of inspired me to to is go he, for it. Is he funny? He's no, he's not that funny. <laughs> he's he's funny, but he's not that funny. My other brother is the funnier brother. The dating the service uh, real estate guy who might be working. Yeah, the middle brother. Yeah, yeah. He sounds like a funny guy. It's 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 easier to be funny when when things don't always go right. <laughs> it's the only thing you can do. You're either going to go that direction or you're going to get. Well, to, I think he had the middle the middle child thing too. Oh, really? Yeah. You know, when I came, then, oh, everybody loves oh, the baby. look at a little baby. Yeah. And he just got overlooked. Yeah. Older brother was almost on his own. Yes. Middle brother was, like, upstaged by your ass. Yeah. Yeah. Tough, tough break. But he he was good, though. He It was kind of like having a, a, a friend in prison. Yeah. You know, he kind of knew all the... <laughs> he knew all the, you know, like... A, the bad stuff. You know how to break into cars and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, he'd, he'd burned his hair once, to setting a car on fire for some mobster. Um, really? <laughs> uh yeah so <laughs> like he was in a, definitely in a gang when he was in high school oh yeah and, and yeah yeah and then he then he straightened out and he's and, okay now he's okay now yeah so did you go to college i did i went to oh that's your kid what is that that's a kid that's a real kid it's not a kitty oh yeah i don't know what it's doing in my backyard <laughs> <laughs> Oops. <laughs> <laughs> that was my neighbor's kid. They don't have a yard that just sort of it's sort of sad and sweet in a way. They just have that deck out there. So this kid has been, you know, grown up from zero to like four or five or whatever she is now, just playing on that deck. <laughs> they have a little she pool never out there. Out down the hill? No, that hill's treacherous. The people that owned that place before the they pulled up all the uh shrubbery from that hill and then mud slid it away. <laughs> and now now they can't ever sell that house because it was. It, they have to, you know, rebuild it. They got to put yeah. whatever. So they got to put stilts on it. They got no. The house is fine, but the the actual hill needs to be uh, uh, retaining walled. But uh, we don't. Are talk you about okay? It. Are we okay? I don't know. Hope it doesn't rain. Yeah, I, no, know. I'm okay. I they left my tree the, in. They better this, take some pictures of this desk before. <laughs> before yeah, I'm yeah, rubble. <laughs> Maybe that's what they'll put in the Smithsonian. Thank God the president wasn't here when this happened. <laughs> <laughs> Tragedy yeah. out of Los Angeles. <laughs> a tough, a close call for the president who was there years earlier. Just missed it. Could have changed the world. <laughs> yeah. So you're in college. Which so college? college? Columbia College in Chicago. That's a good one. It's yeah. I was you know it's I was uh, maybe going to work in film, television, maybe behind the scenes in movies. That's what your plan was. That was my plan. Taking classes so still, and holding things. Holding cameras and, you know, and uh, working at a TV station. Yeah, that coffee came out good. Yeah, it really did. Yeah. I agree. Um, yeah, and so they had, did they have a TV station at the college? They did, you... and then I realized kind of quickly that I, that I wasn't really that good with, uh, with technical with stuff. Technical stuff. Mm -hmm. And then around that same time, I took an acting class, and then around that same time, I saw a show at Second City. Who right was on, on that show? Improv Olympic. Oh, at Improv Olympic. Anyone we know? Um, 
No, mm. no. <laughs> uh, Joel Murray, I, I'd been recently doing stuff there. Uh-huh. Um, and Dave Pasquese, who's now pretty well-regarded as an improv guru. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, and so I saw it, and I and uh, they were great and fun, and I figured, I, yeah, I, I thought I could do that. And so then I hung around and watched and took classes, and then um, I just started hanging out at night, at you know, talking to other improvisers and drinking and hanging out, and eventually really? I just stopped going to college. So you didn't finish? No. No. That's I, all right. I you felt, can go back, you know. You yeah, want. I can. I can. I don't really. I don't. It's not one of those things that I feel like I should go back and finish. You don't think about. I'm okay. It. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting because I've talked to a few people that have that experience with performing, where they see someone doing it and they're like, "Nah, fuck, I could do that." I never felt that way with comic. Really? With comedy, I'd watch comics and be like, "Holy shit! How the fuck do they do that?" Like it was like some sort of code I needed to crack. It, I didn't it ever was a sort of like, ah, fuck it, I can I can get up there and do that. I guess I could see that about stand up because that, that's more rigid, and you know you need to kind of have a style and you need mm-hmm. to have jokes written. Whereas improv, you can kind of bullshit yeah. your way around. Yeah, throw it, the ball know. the other guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah, tapped it's that out. Easy. Yeah, tag. <laughs> you take it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, when did you start taking improv? Uh, in like uh, 1990, maybe 89. What were you, like 20? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I was 20. And when I got I got into Second City, I was 21, which was pretty young. How for, does that for, happen? You know, I was working with uh, you the UCB guys. With, with Matt and Amy and uh, Matt. Yeah, I took and... classes with, with Matt Walsh. And then I met, uh, and then Amy and Matt came later. But I, I, I met Matt Walsh and Matt Besser. Yeah. And, and Adam McKay Ian. and I teamed up with those guys. What's the other one's name? Ian. Ian. Yeah. yeah. Ian wasn't around yet. Mm-hmm. But so it was Matt, Matt, me, and uh, Adam McKay. W- what was uh, what were you doing with Adam and Matt and Matt? We were doing a show at a stand up club. So we're doing sketches at a stand up club. But you were already in Second City. I don't know if I'd been at Second City yet. But we you were, were taking classes. Taking classes. Yeah. Okay. And you just met those guys. And we met those guys, and uh, Matt and Matt said, "Hey, why don't you guys join us and we'll do a show?" And then. Uh, and then we did an upright citizen. Then we did what what became upright citizens brigade, which is called uh, the cerebral strip mine. So that was the predecessor, the predecessor of UCB. Wow! And then we took on Ian and, and Ali Farnakian. I know that guy. What happened to that guy? He was like in New York. There was a a, a a small period of time where he was like the improv genius. Yeah. And then I did. And then and, and I was always found him intimidating. And I saw him a couple times. So like, he's all right. And then, uh, then, and then nothing. And then commercials, a couple commercials. Uh, yeah, but he—he's actually—he's opened up a theater. Uh, oh, great! And bar that's pretty successful. Oh, good. In um, I think it's on the East Side. Oh, really? Yeah. So With, for he, improv? Yes. Oh, that's great. So he became like a like an improv guru. He did, and he teaches, and he teaches, and he. Oh, uh, so that's the route. He's taking the Del Close route. Yes. Oh. So there'll be generations, uh, maybe several years from now, it's like, fuck UCB. He's the real guy. That's possible. Mm. That's possible. I, I, I What's his whole name that again? Faranaki? For Ali Faranaki. Yeah, I liked him. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad we settled he, that. He that was, was a good guy. To... He was yeah. a good guy. He intense. is a good guy. Intense guy. It was very intense. You know, his, his so, it's, so it's you, Ali, Matt, Matt, Adam. And then Ian. And then Ian came Ian in. Ian Roberts. So this was, and what was the name of it again? Cerebral strip mine. Now, do you like? Uh, are you considered? Are you credited with uh, the birth of UCB? Well, yeah, they touchy? do. They do. I, I'm I'm one of the founders. You are. Yes. You're on the plaque. 
Uh, yes, I okay. think I am. Okay. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm on the board of, of board, a board. I'm on a board of UCB. Of UCB guys. The actual board hanging there. <laughs> yeah, with yeah. a picture. I call myself the fifth Beatle. Ah. So they're the they're the UCB four, and I'm the fifth Beatle. What happened with UCB? Because they went on to you know tremendous success, and they built the school, and now they're 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 nationwide almost, right? Yeah. What happened is that a, a few of us were taken by the second city, Chicago, and oh. put in the touring company. Was that a weird decision to make? Were, were, were you and Matt, did you have a, a sit down and go like, um, they were like, we're going places, man. You can go old school and run around the country doing improv. I guess maybe we had that conversation. I don't remember it, but, mm. but it, it basically it, it, uh, it came down to, do you want to stay at Second City or do you want to come with us to New York? Yeah. And uh, things were just going well at Second City, so I stayed. And you got into the touring company? I got into the touring company and then I got into the ETC stage. Wait, who was in the touring company with you? Were you there with Sudeikis? Uh, that's before. This is before Sudeikis. I right. Was, I was there with uh, Brian Stack, mm-hmm. Miriam, um, Jerry Miner. Oh yeah, you know Jerry Miner. Yeah. And uh, and that was in the ETC stage. Um, What's that? That's like the the next. There's a there's a main stage that has 350 seats, and then there's yeah. a smaller theater next to it. So you're and in the so, small theater, and you're doing road gigs. Yeah, you do road gigs, and then you graduate to to one of the theaters. How so, long were you doing the road gigs? Uh, about three years. Holy shit! Yeah. How many How many dates you do a year doing that shit? Um, uh, probably like fifteen, twenty. Uh huh. And you just go to like bigger cities or you know churches. Yeah, you go to Ohio or... and then do their big theater and oh. you know like uh, you, we kind of there's it's kind of interesting because we got to do a lot of the vaudeville theaters. Uh huh. Those uh, old beautiful theaters. Yeah. And people come out uh, an evening uh, of Second City, yeah. And people came out, and it, but uh, another great thing is probably like doing going on the road for stand up is you start you start learning to make everyone laugh a little bit. Sure. So it was it was. It I was never good. was good at that the everyone thing. No, no, I was always pretty specific early on. Very specific, literally at five to ten people. Well, I, you know, when I was on the show, I, I dabbled in in that, you know. But uh, <laughs> if I had my druthers, I'd rather make less people laugh. <laughs> sure, it came naturally to me, <laughs> Good. making less Good. people laugh. Yeah. Good, and you didn't, you know, yeah. you weren't cocky and saying I can do that when you first saw stand up. You, you nope. worked on it. You knew yeah. that there had to, there was work involved. Sure, I I don't think I got you know sort of broadly funny until recently. Is that right? I don't yeah. think so. I think you were well regarded. And, uh, I was well regarded, but a lot of times that regard is for the, like, oh, that guy. Yeah, he's very specific. You know, he's yeah, brilliant, he's but there. yeah, he's out there. He's <laughs> a little angry. <laughs> we very well like regarded. You can't put any real money behind sure, this guy, right? Exactly. Well yeah. regarded, respected by his peers, but he's not going anywhere. Gotcha. Well, yeah. you definitely changed that up. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I, thank God. But I'm actually, you know, not just because of the podcast, but I, I'm a better entertainer now. I don't think I saw myself as an entertainer. Uh, I, I resented people who uh, laughed at me too easily. Yeah, okay. it was sort of like, uh, you know, that wasn't even where it was supposed to be, the laugh. And then you realize, like, oh, they're laughing at me because I'm making them uncomfortable. And then you're like, that's okay. And that's the first step to being funny to all people. Yeah. Look at the guy taking himself it's, too seriously. It's like when the Beatles quit touring. Yeah. You know, they were the people weren't listening to the lyrics anymore. They were just screaming. Yeah, that was my problem. <laughs> they were screaming inside. They were screaming, they were screaming at yeah, themselves yeah. for spending money on this <laughs> bad choice for entertainment. Uh, I saw you a couple uh, years before the podcast. Well, may- were you doing the podcast yet? You had just been through some kind of disaster, and you were in uh, <laughs> you were at Maxwell's in, in New Jersey, Hoboken. Oh, was that then for one of the uh, Yola Tango nights? Yeah, yeah. Right. Oh, that's right. Right. 
I remember that night. Yeah, it was ugly. That was a. It was a. I was full of anxiety, and yeah. it was not a good show to see. Was I funny? Oh yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and I did. I had that. I had that thing where like, oh, I haven't been really watching this guy uh, intently like I should be. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that was the night the National showed up. The National, yeah, they were right? great. Yeah, I Whoa. knew nothing about them, and I was like, this seems important to a lot of people. I had a good time that night. That was a know. very fun night. You met, you uh, talked to Sharpling. Mm-hmm. You and Sharpling ironed things out. Well, yeah, well, it was the first time I think that me and Sharpling after actually kind of met officially in a way. I don't think we had shit to iron out, did we? Maybe I had met him before. I just, yeah, I remember it was good to see him. I like Sharpling. Yeah. And we were all talking, right? Yes. Yeah, right. And I quit drinking, so what we were talking about quitting drinking. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and, that, and then you eat ice cream and that I was eating ice cream oh, every yeah. day like that. Right. Yeah. Were you smoking a cigar? No. Uh, we didn't smoke a cigar in New York, no, but we did here. Out in the back deck in with back. Dave Becky. Yeah. You still with Becky? I am. Oh, good for yeah. you. He's a good guy. I hear from him occasionally. Yeah, he's a great guy. <laughs> yeah, I said I'm going to Mark Maron's, and he's like, all right, I'll come over too. Yeah. Well, I'll, all right. <laughs> I'll ask him. He's like, just, no, no, I'll just meet you guys there. Oh, he's, that's interesting, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm going to get this done. Get back on the same page with Maron. Didn't end well with us. Just imposed myself on his porch. And you were writing, uh, you were writing a, like uh, something for the Montreal Comedy Festival. Oh, right, that was a powerful thing. And a lot of it had to do with Dave. <laughs> <laughs> he can take a couple he, hits, of course, of course. Dave, how's my hair, Becky? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you looking at me like that, Dave? Am I fat, Becky? <laughs> Uh, I love that. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> He'll be all right. Of course. Of yeah, course. yeah. No, I'm glad he's doing well. Like, he, you know, we are, we're actually friends uh, again. I don't think we were ever not friends. It was just sort of like, you know, are you enemies with anyone? Enemies? Yeah. Or, From or my side, of adversaries. It? Let's say. I think there's maybe one or two out there. Like, I imagine there's a a, a few of the newer generation. Like, I probably have some new enemies. Uh, that, are, that you don't that, know of? Right, they're one-sided. <laughs> like, fuck that guy. There's got to be a few of those guys out. It's my karma. I, I was a fuck that guy guy. So sure. I have to assume there's... I, that's exactly what I say about the UCB. Yeah. Like, we were saying fuck you to everybody, and yeah. now someone will come and say sure. fuck you to UCB. Oh, fuck, and, yeah. And fuck uh, fuck them. Yeah. So you're doing these road gigs. So I, I was I was there at Improv Olympic, and then I went to Second City, and I met Walsh at at second at um, Improv Olympic. Yeah. So it was all kind of going on at the same time a little bit. Sure. So, but did you meet Del Close? I did. Yeah. Uh, How was my, that? It was well. The first time I, I, I it was kind of ugly because he was yelling at Matt Walsh, and Matt Walsh has always been a sweet, great guy. And was he at Second City or was it a separate thing, Del Close? He and it was a separate thing. Right. Eventually, they became friends. Second City be- became friends with uh, Improv Olympic, and then they would they would. Uh, take talent from there so del close was improv olympic yeah improv olympic he and uh sharna helper started it and he and he trained a lot of the guys besser and and mckay and all those guys and so i i didn't i was at second city while they were doing but he's like the wizard he is like a magical wizard of improv yeah i I don't really subscribe to that yeah as much but very respected well regarded well regarded yes Didn't make them all laugh. It mm-hmm. made some very important people laugh. But yeah, but people love that guy. What was uh, so special about how he approached it? Did it resonate with you when you met him? It was ugly because he was yelling at you Matt know, Walsh. What was he yelling at but, Matt Walsh? Because he hadn't paid for classes yet. <laughs> so he's like, yeah, bring a check next time you come here. 
It was. <laughs> I thought you were going to lay down some improv genius. Oh, no, no, no. It's all about. So do you go like glasses. You, hey, next time you better bring a check. Yeah. And scene. It's a scene. Get out. <laughs> I'm saying no. I know it's against everything I believe in, but no, you cannot improv today. And then later, I have to show the. Uh, the there's another side to Dell. Uh-huh. Later in a bar. Um, I, I, I uttered this phrase mm-hmm. or this, this sentence. I wish I had $5 so I can buy beer. And he heard me and he said, are you going to buy beer with it? I'm like, yeah. And he goes, okay. And he bought me a pitcher of beer. And later it was a very sweet romantic thing as he looked at the screen and it was Farley and Tim Meadows. And he uh-huh. goes, you know, I taught those two. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> God, he was a genius. He was. Yeah. He was. Well, actually, you know, he did. He, he kind of... Um, he kind of forced Second City's hand and put Farley and Tim Meadows in the cast, uh, where usually they would take from within. He's like, if you want me to direct, i got to take these guys. Oh, so he went to Second City and actually directed there. I should yes. know more about that. Yeah. And Farley and, and Meadows were his picks. Yes. Oh, and wow. They were Improv Olympic guys that were taken from Improv Olympic and put directly on a stage, so they didn't have to tour. But what, And he invented the Herald, right? Yeah, he invented the Herald. That that Herald, what it does is just it forces you to kind of write in your brain a little better. Mm-hmm. And it, it's like it uses conventions that, that, that writers would use, mm-hmm. and they're kind of built in. And so uh, it, that's why I think improvisers are, are, are good writers on the, on the fly. Oh, right, right. And sometimes when you improvise, you can build sketches out. Yes. Yeah. And you kind of feel like now it's kind of built in how they're made. And so, you know, that's we're, that's kind of what he was really good at. So, what was what happened next for you at Second City? So you get into the small stage after doing the road for three years. Now you're on the small stage. I'm on the small stage, but 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 you know you only work four days on the small stage, mm-hmm. and uh, so that was great. Mm-hmm. And I also I got to improvise at, after each show. There was an improv set, so that's kind of where I learned to, to get good at improv. Uh huh. Before that, I was pretty decent at sketch, and so that that's where it happened for me. And uh, I was lucky, you know, timing. The uh, Tina Fey was married to Jeff Richmond, mm-hmm. who was my musical director at Second City. So I w- worked with him and wrote songs with him. So Tina was very aware of me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there were times when I wanted to quit and I talked to her and she's like, don't quit because there's nowhere I can send people to see you, you know. Right. And so I stayed. So you got it got pretty dark, huh? Y- yeah, it got dark there, kind of just staying there, not moving up. I didn't feel like... Uh, that the the boss there really was at Second City. Yeah, you weren't you weren't standing out. I was I was standing out in the back, hmm. but not standing up in the front. Standing out for the front. And you were drinking. I was drinking a lot. And uh, were you like that guy? Like uh, after after the shows, like let's go get drunk. Yeah, hmm. I pretend I, I was probably less <laughs> bro bro about it. Yeah, but definitely the same results. You're more like let's go get drunk. Yeah, let's go talk about the show. Yeah. Why are we so sad? Yeah. Isn't that funny? <laughs> Why can't I make my sadness more funny? Uh, what yeah. happened? So that's what happened. I don't know. Some skin is on the mic here. From you? I hope. Maybe I should clean that thing. It's fine now. Okay. Just don't put it in your mouth. Don't. Oh, I guess. Don't. People always tell you, put your mustache. <laughs> Get let, your mustache right your, on it. Right. <laughs> Do they really? Put your mustache Do right they tell on you? it. Yeah. I wish I could tell people that. I can't tell you how many people do not know how to use a fucking mic. It's like, get up on it. I hear you. Yeah. You got to do it for my podcast, too. Yeah. And you don't want to be weird because you think they should know, but they don't. You don't want to just keep pushing it in their face. So I'm sitting here riding the fucking levels just to pick up people who are right here. It's like, I can't. What am I going to do with that? 
shoving anything in someone's face is is, is going to be taken as a weird little thing. Yeah. So I, you should I, you should let's let's tell everyone who does a podcast just put that get, mic in yeah, your face. If it's a good mic, especially these Sony um, SM7s, that I'll always take a free one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got to get right up on them. They're made for that. Yeah. That's how you do it. There's a lot of room between the foam and the mic insides. Um, so you're you're drinking, you're sad, you're you're telling Tina you're going to quit, and she says, don't quit, Horatio. You have so much to live for. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so uh, SNL comes around a few months later, and they ask me and Rachel. Rachel was on main stage. They Dratch. Asked, Rachel Dratch. They ask us both to, to audition. Oh. And so what year is that? 1998. Oh, and the great thing is, I had a few months, like uh, before the audition. Before the audition, they, so they told me it's going to happen because they came and saw me, and they're like, yeah. "It's happening in the summer, but we don't know when." Then later, they're like, "It's so you, in three months." You could put some characters together, sure, and write some stuff, yeah, and uh, work on it. What'd you end up writing? And what characters? I did, did Robert you? Stack. No, I did Robert Stack. I did a character because you thought Lauren be like, "Oh, it's a throwback." I I don't. No, I I really just didn't have impressions, and that was one that I had. Mm-hmm. It, it it may have looked that way, like, "Hey, here's a nod to you, yeah, sir." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> had you thought of that before? I thought of that when I did Truman Capote, because mm-hmm. I'm like, Truman, he'll know what Truman Capote is, and he'll know that this isn't like a modern reference at all, and he'll probably get like it. Yeah. So I did Truman Capote. Uh, Robert Stack, Truman Capote, Meatloaf. I sang like Meatloaf. I, yeah. wrote, I wrote a little song that I don't remember, but I wrote a little song for me, uh, as Meatloaf. Yeah. And uh, and then so, yeah, I, I ended up getting the, the gig. So wait, wait, wait. so where'd, yeah, the, where'd you audition? Uh, in in 30 Rock on, on the home base. For him? For He's there with, uh, with Adam McKay. Who's the head writer at the time? Who's the head writer at the time. Yeah. And Tina, who's up yeah. there. And uh, I think maybe maybe Shoemaker yeah. or, and Higgins, and they're at a table, and you and you do the thing, and uh, you know th- there's a camera without a cameraman on it, and it has a light on it, and they're yeah. like that's beamed to New York City, and it's beamed to Chicago, beamed to Los Angeles, and executives are watching this. <laughs> so uh, really, yeah, yeah, and uh, and you hear this all the time. But the guy says they're not going to laugh, so don't let that throw you. And then yeah. when they do, you're like, oh wow, I got I'm it. the one that did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one that broke them. <laughs> so then you're just flying high after that. Did you get laughs? Yeah, I did. Okay, I got some good laughs, and I remember. I remember thinking afterwards, like, "Well, fuck it," you know. I mean, I was drinking and and just was madly drunk that night after the audition. But I I, I felt really good because I always wanted to to make sure that that audition I didn't blow it. You know, right. I, other auditions I've blown, and so many I can't even talk about. But but that one I was like, well, I want to give it my best shot, so I can say one day, hey, I gave it my best shot. I yeah. wasn't fucking drinking and fucking around when I right. So I, I checked into New York a couple days early. You know, they were gonna have me come the day before the audition. I was like, no, 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 New York's too crazy. Bring me out, you know, three days before. Yeah. And then I I, I put myself up at a hotel. So already there. Oh, you put yourself up. They weren't like, ah, this guy's demanding. No, no, no. Oh, yeah. I put, yeah, I knew that. I knew not to do that. <laughs> so I put myself up. Uh, and then I, I just, I was basically like Martin Sheen and, uh, you know, in the hotel in Saigon. You know, I just, I just locked up in there <laughs> and kind of just put my work on the wall and, and my scenes and I got it all. You Doing know, I, weird Tai Chi and drinking yeah, and breaking absolutely. mirrors, getting bloody. There was about three days of that. And then yeah. I was like, all right, let's go. Let's do it. Wow. So, so, and you nailed it. And I think I nailed it. Yeah. yeah. And when did you find out you were on? Did you have to go to a meeting with Lauren? Well, about the, the funny things about Lauren, you know, you interviewed him the, 
he calls me into his office and and I have to wait like an hour and a half to, to talk to him and yeah. uh, come in and we start talking about baseball. He's like talking about the Cubs. Yeah. <laughs> he knows I like the Cubs. So he's talking yeah. about the Cubs. And he goes, you know, Bill Murray's son is named Homer. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and so that was the first so we're line. Having, yeah. So we're having this talk about, yeah, Bill Murray's son is named Homer after uh, Ernie Banks. Mm-hmm. And, um, and uh, then he says, uh, we think we want to use you for this season. And so I'm like, oh, okay, all right. I'm like, oh. well, I live with my parents at the time. And I said, uh, well, can I tell my parents I have to move to New York? And he says, yes, tell them you have to move to New York. But don't tell them you'll be on the show. Because <laughs> we don't know yet. You know, like, oh, shit. So I couldn't even sell it. I didn't even know what yeah. that was yet. I couldn't say, like, yeah, yeah shake yeah. his hand. Yeah. I kind of just left with, like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think that's good. <laughs> so they wanted you as a writer? No, so uh, so they we say goodbye. You're very in pleasant. The bullpen? And then the next day, I meet with Higgins and uh, and uh, and other writers that that hung out with Higgins there, and they were kind of making sure that I wasn't a dick. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then after that, I went home, and when I got home, I got the call, and Lauren told me I got the job. Okay, so, so that's called. when I screamed. That's when I hung. Thank you very much. And you t- what'd you do? And you call your parents? I was in well, I was in the house with my parents. Oh, so I was screaming, and they're like, "What happened?" I'm like, "I got it! I got the fucking show!" Yeah. You know, uh, it is glorious. Were they happy? Absolutely. Well, they're a little sad because I was moving out. Right, but you were 30, so I was 28. Oh, so they're yeah. like, "Yeah, he has to go." You know, it's, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, ah, oh, SNL taking me out of my my womb. I had a good gig here. <laughs> yeah, mom was cooking, and who knows? You know, maybe I would have become a guru myself. You know? <laughs> yeah, you could have been well yeah. regarded. Yeah. <laughs> Instead, I had to go out and get popular yeah, and be yeah. on SNL. Yeah. So you were there for- I was there for eight years. It was eight? Eight years, yeah. That's a long run. It was a very long, fun run. You did um, a lot of shows. And who was on the cast when you got there? Um, well, I, I worked a lot with uh, with Farrell and Catan and, and uh, Sherry. And, and you were kind of sweaty guys. and your hair was- You had no beard? I had no beard. I was uh, about 80 pounds heavier. Right. Yeah, and uh, my hair was always kind of sweaty. But did you work right away? Guy. Um, kind of, yeah. Well, the great thing is that Smigel wrote a bit for me my first show where it yeah. was, where it was uh, the best of Horatio Sands. So they shot this thing that was that was comprised of of uh, rehearsal footage from the from the eight o'clock show. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. so the, that was supposed to air my first show, <laughs> right? Which which ended up airing the second show for time, mm-hmm. but that kind of helped because my name was out. Now my name's being said, and now right. they're you know they're making fun that this guy's so new that they're making that tape. Right, right. And uh, so yeah, I did Ozzy, and that kind of was a big one. I did the Meatloaf, and that kind of got a big response. So I, I kind of snuck in with my musical impressions, and and then I started working with Jimmy, and and people liked us together. And right, and uh, well, we thought well, we didn't really plan on breaking, but we kind of made a thing of. You were always trying to fuck with up. each other. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that was sort of established, right, by Farrell and, you know, and, and, like, he broke a lot. And Jimmy always broke, right? Right. And Jimmy, I mean, Jimmy's, uh, you know, he's such a fan of Sandler that, you know, he, he auditioned that Sandler, too. He did Sandler. Oh, really? For, for, <laughs> and so, you know, that was him and him and Farley's shtick, so I think that's kind of it rubbed off on us. And I, and I was always, I was like, yeah, more of that, more of the, the silliness. Because it's like, contagious. Because I could feel in that room, it's not necessarily the warmest room, uh, the studio. Like, yeah. it, it can get quiet in there. 
Like I can see how like being in a, you know so, when there's an electricity to it, it must just get like amazing. Because like when I was there, I was like, this isn't an easy gig. I mean, it's it's intimate, it, more intimate than I thought, and you know the audience is right there, but and, and everything's moving in real time. But things can fall flat. Yeah, they often do. Yeah, and, and you can feel it. I felt it as an audience guy and just as a guy who's on stage all his life. Yeah, and so what uh, you know, yeah, you have to. That that crowd isn't a regular slice of America right, crowd. Right, right, you know, it's executives and friends and, yeah, and entertainers, yeah. and so that's it's not a, it's not the warmest crowd. Yeah. Uh, so I imagine if you're having fun, then it just kind of rubs off. Yeah. And now, now that I think of it, I have to say, I, you know, we had Will Ferrell probably opening up every show, mm-hmm. and so we probably had a great Will Ferrell sketch or Catan and right. doing something huge. So the audience, by by the time we got on, the audience were already kind of laughing. And so, did, were you buddies with Will and everybody? Yeah, everybody. I didn't like Catan, his comedy, so much when I was with him, yeah. but I always did like him yeah. and, and continue to like him. And, and Yeah, I saw him recently on a plane. He, he wasn't funny. He said hi, though. <laughs> <laughs> you, well, you should, well, if you guys would have talked to him, it would have been funny. No, I'm sure he would have been funny. He's a uh, you know, he's, he's naturally funny fella. Yeah. So, how bad was the booze during the time? I mean, I was pretty functioning. Yeah. Um, apart for the the booze got pretty bad after the show. Now, what happened? Is, so you're on eight years. That's a long run. Did you? Were, were, how did it end? Um, during that my final year, that eighth year, I uh, I sat in for for Tina on update for a couple weeks, and so there were there was a audition to see who would be with with Amy Poehler on update. Yeah. So I, I talked to Lauren. I said, well, I'll, uh, after I audition for this, hopefully I'll get it. But if I don't, you know, I'll uh, I'll probably leave this year. <clears throat> and he said, oh, we don't we don't like talking about that. <laughs> 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 about stars leaving. We don't we don't like talking about that. Uh-huh. So, I, so I took that as, OK, the, I guess I'll, I'll I'll stick around. And since <laughs> and since it wasn't something that anybody cold came up to you and say hey it's done yeah <laughs> you kind of hang out for a while and you're like wait wait a minute like am i done here and so what, what ended you up just start getting written out or well this is before the show started right oh, okay but 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 so what happened is someone released something to the press saying that i was let go and so i called up um i called up shoemaker and asked him like uh, did this happen? And he's like, "No, no, man. I don't know where that's coming from." <laughs> oh no! Show business so then I'm the worst. So then I'm interviewed by some radio station. They're like, "Well, what's up, man? Are you fired?" And I'm like, "Well, I don't know, man. I think it's some executive just talking some shit or something." In yeah. which that wasn't the case. It was an executive probably who just wanted me out. But at that time, after eight years, you make a lot of money at SNL. Yeah, and it really doesn't make sense to keep guys around that long. Right. Where for my what I was making, you can hire three new people. Right. So you know, I knew that that for eight years is a very long time. It's up there in years for yeah. for a lot of people. So I knew it was time to go, and it was okay. But just the way it happened was a little disappointing. So what? To say the what? How did you track it? What? What? <laughs> what happened? So eventually, um, my managers called up Lauren, and Lauren's like, "Yeah, you know, we." Uh, it's the money thing or something, and, uh-huh. and uh, you know, and I think he, I think he may have tried to hold, you know, to keep me, but in the end, at the end, he's just like, well, you know, eight years. And well, I th- when I talked to him, he seemed to feel that, like, it seems to me that he likes knowing if someone's going to go either by his choice 
or someone above him's choice, he feels better if he thinks you're okay. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes. he'll, he'll do fine. You know, he, yeah. people know him. He'll work. And if you think about it, I mean, he has the responsibility of a lot of people. Yeah. You know, uh, sure. Not just those people that work for him, but, uh, you know, the expectations of what that show should be. Right. Even even now, people are asking me, what about Trump? You know, what's Lauren going to do about Trump? And now, so now Lauren has to figure that out. Yeah. Well, uh, what, what, how did you leave feeling about him? I just felt like it, I, I would, I really would have liked, uh, thank you for letting you go. I really would have liked that. <laughs> have you called him? <laughs> oh, I have. I have talked to him since. Oh, you have? It's good. Yeah, now I'm working with his company, Broadway Video. So um, did you get I'm your, back in contact. Did you get your closure? Did you like, did I'm you still, say- I'm still do- dealing with my closure, yeah. But did you say to him, I would have liked- uh, well, you know, I I kind of threw some some I, I shot some arrows his way, oh, trying you to did. get his attention. Like I, what? Like I said, Jim Downey was the Carl Rove of SNL, and that they were they were too far on the right all those years uh-huh. when we could have really been hitting the Bush administration. That mm-hmm. they kind of dropped the ball on it. Yeah, and that Will inadvertently was such a cool, fun guy that he probably swayed the election. Uh, and so I was saying that the, the, the In show Bush's wasn't favor. Yeah, uh-huh. I think so. I think people, if 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 you think about the the margin of mm-hmm. that election, it's not that preposterous to think that he could sway the more people liked him because of Will's impression of him. Yeah, and uh, it would mean seeing Will every week. Yeah, <laughs> they were that calculating. Maybe I don't like the guy, I mean, but subconsciously, I want, if you're on the fence already, yeah, I want to see more Will Ferrell doing yeah. George W. Bush. So let's elect that monster. <laughs> wow. And so I I kind of like so when they interviewed me for this book. I, I, I'm the one that always says stuff that gets printed. Uh-huh. Uh, and so I, I recently said, you know, I, I don't hate the show. I'm not just here saying shit against the show. I, I just think that a little dissension's good for the Republic sometimes. Yeah. And that I felt that the, the show wasn't, for those years, it wasn't uh, being run under the, you know, how the initial show had been run. Right, you know, with it was some like teeth. It was, with some teeth and yeah. some rebellion, with yeah. some fuck you to society. You know, it was just becoming too much like, what well, the people in, on this show don't feel the way you're feeling, so how come, you know, Jim Downey is able to write these sketches that no one's identifying with? And so, uh, so I really came into contact with him to tell him, like, hey, nothing personal. And he was very nice back. And Who then, Downey uh, was? Or uh, Lorne? Lorne. Yeah. Um, I really do think Downey is a super talented dude. Yeah. I just don't like that he's a Republican. Right. And uh, and I think that his years at SNL when he was the head writer were probably the best. Uh-huh. So it's nothing against his talent. Right. I just don't you I just don't like You just want a politics. little more edge. Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. And at that time, you know, Seth Meyers was writing the edgy left stuff, uh-huh. and he was having to do battle with this guy, and usually this guy would win because of his seniority. Ah. But you never got a sense. Well, how are you with Downey? Oh, he, I think he knows that... I think he knows that I didn't like that about him. Yeah. I hope he knows that it's not personal. I mean, he doesn't give a shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what you find. You yeah, know, when you're, yeah. when you're like, uh, you know, Goliath is not being affected by your slingshot. Yeah. You're sort of like, I think Goliath's okay. Yeah. <laughs> He's not throwing anything back at <laughs> me, so that's good. okay. I'm going to keep He's throwing rocks. stepping on me. <laughs> but you're working for Broadway Video now, because I know you went through a time... So after the show, how how bad did the did the drinking become? Um, 
Well, I had sleep apnea, a sleep apnea operation. I broke up with my my girlfriend at the time, yeah. and then I got fired. So I had like this, you know, perfect storm of, of horrible stuff happening. Yeah, and I just got really depressed, and um, and then I I was dating. I started dating someone, and I thought, well, if I don't stop drinking, I'm going to ruin this relationship, like I have in the past. What kind of drunk were you? Sad or angry? Uh, both, mm. both, but I would be, I'd be very gregarious and fun to a certain point. Then I would become a, an asshole. I assume, right? Morose, uh, morose, Fuck jealous, you. bitter. Yeah, jealous yeah. was the worst. All that truth coming out. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> too much truth. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> too much truth. No one seemed to want to hear. <laughs> and um, and you quit, and I quit. You doing the thing? I quit. No, I didn't do the thing. I, I did actually do the thing when I started. Yeah. Eventually, I got a little. Uh, I didn't feel it was doing me any good. Right. And um, so you just kind of got grounded and stayed off it, huh? Yeah. And I, I started seeing a therapist who specialized in addictions. And oh, so yeah. that was really good for me, too. Oh, that's great. Because I remember you were over at, like, you know, you know I, I know people when you're on SNL and then, you know, they don't see you for a while. They're like, well, I didn't wonder what that guy, how'd that yeah. go? Yeah. And, and I remember when I went over to Maker. You know that uh, that weird internet factory. <laughs> yeah, you, you're like, uh, you know, they're trying to get me to do the podcast or do something over there, and you're like, yeah, Horatio's here running everything. <laughs> <laughs> and you were, I just remember seeing you in a room with a board. There's a lot of ideas, and I'm like, what's going on? You making stuff? Well, no, not really. We're, it's all going to happen. Yeah, yeah. We they put me in charge of uh, of doing all these productions, and then, uh, well, what happened there was they they were trying to sell it. Yeah, so. We didn't really make a lot of stuff. <laughs> but you got I, paid. I, I got paid. Yeah, yeah, I got paid. They were nice to me. Uh-huh. And then, uh, and so what happened after that? You, so I've been in and out of failed pilots and movies and-, and some, Working, some though. Decent, You're getting shots. Working. Yeah, yeah, You're yeah. always getting some shots in. Yeah. And um, Well, you look good. Thank you. Thank you. And- uh, You too. Well, thanks. So what's the thing you're doing with Broadway Video? So now we're doing- uh, I, I'm, I'm gathering up the comedy for a, a digital platform- Called Mas Mejor, mm-hmm. More Better, mm-hmm. and it's a playoff of Above Average, mm-hmm. Lauren's internet site, and so it's for millennial Latinos. Oh, good. And uh, so I'm gathering up a lot of Latino talent that we're that I'm finding, yeah, and putting them onto this site, yeah, and partnering up with Telemundo to do this huge, huge monster site. Wow. So you're like in competition with Al Madrigal. I am. Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, I, I welcome Al Madrigal's assistance. Uh, it's, it's not an easy task getting all this funny Latino stuff out there. <laughs> Got to get Madrigal. Madrigal. Absolutely. Like, he's, I'm, I'm, I'm in contact with Madrigal. Oh, good. Yeah. He's, he the, I, he's the Don of that. He's the guy. <laughs> I mean, I hope Madrigal can get me and Fluffy together. <laughs> But me and Madrigal are cool, for sure. Fluffy just got his own show, so I don't know, man. Well, maybe he'll do a little bit, you know, a little video. I'll go to him. <laughs> go to him. Say, like, are you shorts on? <laughs> Put on the shorts. Let's do a thing up front. <laughs> you think he doesn't wear shorts? He always wears no. shorts. <laughs> just maybe at home. Oh, okay. Just, yeah, this is bit. He wears the oh. shorts, the long oh, shorts. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and then, you know. Yeah, I think Fluffy will do it if you just say he can, you know, push his merchandise. He'll be fine if they if you can get the Fluffy merch out there. We can do that. Okay. Well, well this is, I guess, the uh, yeah, public call. To Gabriel Iglesias and uh, then all funny Latinos out there, all funny Latinos can submit stuff to me. Yeah, Horatio needs your submissions in Spanish, in English, and or Spanish. Whatever, Any way you want to do it, whatever floats your boat. Yeah, 
And now Magical is given a seal of approval. This you 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 don't you you're not going to alienate Magical. No, if you do some stuff with Sam, Magical. <laughs> <laughs> And it works both ways. Yeah, buddy. You know, you can work with Magical, and I'm cool with it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, look at that, man. This yeah. is a, you know, this is an open door. Brothers, man. Oh, right on. Marasa. All right. <laughs> Hermano? Is that Hermanos, it? Hermanos, yeah. Yeah. Good talking to you, man. A pleasure. Thank you. That's it. That's me and Horatio. Uh, sweet guy, good guy, funny guy. Had a really nice time. Some of you ask questions about this part of the podcast, like why do things end abruptly sometimes? Because sometimes, most of the time, I'm not hearing the end of the podcast, so my tone might be a little different. The end of the conversation. Like, I, you know, I do this stuff after I record the interview, so I, I don't want you to feel like I'm being rude or weird or my temperament is different. It's just sometimes this part of the show is not recorded at the same time. You know what I'm saying? But, uh... But I love it. The Horatio on Earwolf is uh, Horatio's um, podcast. You can go to WTFPod.com, get yourself some JustCoffee.coop or some posters or uh, leave a comment. Or I'm really hung up on this fucking volume pedal, on this uh, repeater pedal.